Good evening, and if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Job chapter 2 as we continue our studies of this book of Job. I'm going to read from verse 1. On another day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them to present himself before him. And the Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, From roaming throughout the earth, going to and fro on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And he still maintains his integrity, though you entice me against him to ruin him without any reason. Skin for skin, Satan replied. A man will give all he has for his own life. But now, stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones, and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, Very well then, he is in your hands, but you must spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. And Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for the opportunity we have and the freedom that we have to enjoy gathering in what is an unusual way, but in the knowledge that you are still here with us. And we just ask that you will, by the power of your Holy Spirit, teach us the things you would have us learn from this passage that we're looking at this evening. And we come to you as we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, last week we read this passage, but before we observed the second scene that was about to take place in heaven, we took the opportunity to consider the subject of suffering. We said that suffering is part of our fallen world. As Christians, we are not immune to suffering. We viewed suffering through the eyes of a believer. And as it was Easter week, we were reminded of how Jesus suffered, remembering that it was God's will that he would suffer and that the results of his suffering brought salvation to a fallen world. Now, this evening, we return to consider Job's suffering, and we will do this with the knowledge that Job was not being judged by God for his sin, that God was not testing Job in order to increase his maturity. God knew Job's heart. God was pleased with Job. And this is what he said about him. There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. So as we continue in chapter 2, we're going to notice that it's almost a repeat of chapter 1. Verse 1 of chapter 2. On another day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them to present himself before him. Again we have a glimpse into what is heavenly activity. And we're not here to speculate. We are here to see what we are being shown. And that is that God is in complete control. The heavenly hosts are called, and they're called to present themselves before the Lord. So in Job 2, verse 2, And the Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, 
from roaming throughout the earth, going to and fro on it. You notice how the Lord speaks, and as he does, he questions Satan. And as on the previous occasion, Satan's answer, to paraphrase it, was, I've been here and there doing this and that. Then we read on in verse 3, Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And he still maintains his integrity, though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. Notice here that it is the Lord who draws Satan's attention to Job. And he says he still maintains his integrity. We don't know how much time has lapsed between the last time that we viewed heaven. But no matter how long it has been, for Job, his days would have been long. The days always seem to be long when we are going through times of suffering. Well, what kind of pain did Job have to live with? Well, sorrow. Many people that he knew and respected had died, and they died in tragic circumstances. His sons and daughters had all been killed, and he would have been through the agony of the removal of the bodies from the fallen masonry the rubble of the fallen house and the graves of his children would now be constant reminders of the events of that tragic day. Joe probably felt guilt. Guilty because he was still alive. He is a parent. A parent who is now outliving his children. He would need to be strong so that he could console his wife. Financially, he was ruined, and he would have the daily struggles to make ends meet. Long, weary days, restless, sleepless nights. What a difference that day has made to the life of Job. How could all this happen, and in the space of 24 hours? Why did all this happen? How can I live with the, the heartache, the depression, the loneliness, the constant questioning, why? The nagging words in his head, if only, as he searched for reasons and all the time, not blaming God and continuing to praise God. If we could come to Job, if we could ask him, Job, how will you cope with all this? He will probably say, speaking with tears in his eyes, I honestly don't know, but I know that the Lord who has given can in his wisdom take away. This is what I know to be true, and I will keep trusting in his mercy. I still have my health and my strength, and I believe that the Lord will provide. You would probably say to him, Job, you are an honest and upright, God-fearing man of strong moral principles, and you have great faith. Remember, Job doesn't know what we know, 
He doesn't know what the Lord has said about him. This is what the Lord did say of him. He still maintains his integrity. The Lord knows Job. And the Lord knows us as well. But let's look at the rest of this verse. Though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. We need to understand the meaning of what God is saying here. We see that throughout all of this that God is in control. Satan cannot and is not manipulating God. But God is giving Satan permission to harm Job. And it is God who sets the boundaries. A lot of what is happening here is beyond our complete understanding. This is a conversation taking place in heaven between the Lord and Satan. And like Job, we need to understand that naked we came from our mother's womb and naked we will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. The test is actually needless. And it is a fact that Job doesn't deserve this. But Satan has accused God of buying Job's allegiance. Let's have a reminder of that as we go back to chapter 1 for a moment in verse 9 to verse 11. This is what Satan said. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands, so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. Now, if Satan's accusation was right, then God would have reacted by adding to Job's blessings. But to remove the blessings... This would prove Satan wrong. And God knows this. He knows Job's heart. God also knows that Satan's desire is that he wants Job to curse God. Let us just stop for a moment and be thankful that whatever it is we are going through at this moment, the Lord knows all about it. We might not know the whys or the wherefores, but the Lord does. In the words of the Apostle Paul, I want us to notice the relevance of what he has to say. Because unlike Job, Paul is aware of why he is suffering. He's suffering from what he calls his thorn in the flesh. His tormentor is Satan. But it's God who allows the suffering to happen because the Lord is in control and his power is greater than Satan's. And the harder Satan tries, the weaker he becomes. And Paul becomes strong in the Lord. Listen to these verses that I know you will be 
familiar with, from 2 Corinthians chapter 12. It's the second part of verse 7 through to verse 10. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given in my flesh a message, a thorn in my flesh, a message of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So this is what the Lord is saying to Paul. And listen to what Paul says based upon that. He said, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insult, in hardship, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For Job, things are about to get much harder. Listen to what we read in verse 4 in Job chapter 2. Skin for skin, Satan replied. A man will give all he has for his own life. What is meant by skin for skin? We're not completely sure. It could have been a saying of the day. But as far, so far, Satan has attacked the inner man. He's attacked Job's mind and his emotions. All of his material possessions have been taken from him in a manner that Satan had hoped would cause Job to blame God. And there's no more that he can do to him in this way that could make Job curse God. Satan's resort is to harm Job physically. He wants him dead. So we read on in chapter 2. But now stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones and he will surely curse you to your face. This request from Satan is to strike his flesh and bone. This means the inside and the outside of Job's being. Notice again that the Lord is still in control. We read on. The Lord said to Satan, very well then, he's in your hands, but you must spare his life. So again, the Lord allows this, and again he sets the limit. Now, we might at this point wonder, why God didn't say to Satan, enough, Job has suffered enough. He has passed your test. The point has been proven. Job is a truly faithful man who worships God, showing that God is worthy of Job's faithfulness. But it's not Job who is on trial here. It is the glory of God that is being questioned. It is the worthiness of God that is being challenged. And when we know this, it puts a much deeper meaning on what we are seeing. At the end of all this, it will be shown to Satan, shown to the angels, and also is being shown to us that God is worthy of worship. That's how important 
this book of Job is. We read on, so Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. It seems that Satan wasted no time in setting to work on Job. This attack was immediate and it was inflicted by Satan himself. No marauding robbers here, no lightning strikes or mighty winds from the desert. And this is external pain, literally from head to toe. It would be agony to sit and lie down. And with these sores on the soles of his feet, it would be painful to walk or even to stand. Job would not know which way to turn. But we know where Satan is trying to turn him. And Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. Job, a man who once sat at the city gate in a place of authority, now removes himself to the city dump where people come to burn their rubbish. And without much success, he is trying to ease his discomfort with a piece of broken pottery. From being rich to being poor. From happiness to bereavement. From being a respected person of influence to one who sits destitute in agony and alone, literally on the rubbish dump. Job must be at his wit's end. Can things get any worse than this? Job, things will become a lot worse. We've been reminded that in this fallen earth, suffering is part of this groaning creation. As for Job and for us, things will get better. Let's jump forward. Let's turn to Revelation. And let's remind ourselves of these words in Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 to 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. This is what we have to look forward to. The question that's being asked, is God worthy of our worship? Let's just have one more verse as we close this evening from Revelation chapter 5 verse 12. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth 
and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. Father, we thank you for these words and we ask that you help us to consider them as we consider the plight of Job. We see the implications. Now, Father, we thank you that we have been shown something of the final result. And we will say in a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. Amen.